kind of weird talking live as opposed to doing one of these videos that I've kind of got used to, I guess. So um, but anyways, uh, it's good to to talk to you all. And uh, for, for anybody uh, listening um, to the recording who doesn't know me, my name is, is Tim Krieber. Um, and we've been uh, we've been following a series in uh, of one Thessalonians, which is a letter that uh, the Apostle Paul wrote to uh, this fledgling community in Thessalonica. And this is week four. So just a quick recap on where we've been. So week one, a um, couple of weeks ago, we had uh, I, I had introduced the, the series um, and I started by looking at the backdrop of um this letter that paul had written to the the community in thessalonica by um by reading Acts 17 which tells the story of paul on this 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 epic journey across the middle east and he goes to these different cities uh and then he he arrives in thessalonica and really sort of um creates a, a deep bond with the the church there and then um as he declares Jesus as king and and obviously therefore Caesar not as king, uh, he's met with resistance. And through, a, you know, there was a bit of a riot that got whipped up in the city and um, Paul had to sort of flee for his life um, very suddenly. It felt like this really sort of sudden ripping away um, from the from the community. And that really pained him. And uh, he he ends up writing this letter. Um, a, a little while later back to the church in Thessalonica and um so that was like a little bit of the, the context and then in week two uh Eric um gave us an insight into his uh, teenage romance uh with with uh, his now now wife Megan and uh just sharing some of the the emails they both uh, wrote to to one another when they were 8,000 miles apart in the 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 early years of their relationship and um and then he sort of gave, used that as like a window through into to sort of put the, the language that Paul uses in, in chapter three of, of the letter, um, just about the longing that Paul has to be together. And then this um, this sort of assertion, which which I I I loved around, um, you know, Eric in his letters would 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 essentially say it's, it's going to be OK. We're going to be back together again. And, and sort of that, that's also kind of a little bit of the tone of what Paul was saying to the church in, in Thessalonica is it's going to be okay and, and we're going we're gonna to be, it, it's going to work out, um, even though it's, it's difficult now. And, uh, and then last week, Brandon picked up at the start of chapter four, uh, where Paul is sort of moves into urging uh, this sort of fledging community in Thessalonica to live distinctive and and holy lives and i found brandon's uh framing of some of the there's a number of words that are, are translated um into our english bibles that have become kind of uh i guess we call them christianese but just words that sometimes we use but we don't really know what they mean like holy and sanctification these these other words and and i really love brandon's framing of those words in the context of um the call to be fully human and and to be holy is 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 not sort of the the negative connotations of of that word but more about the 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 living living the humanity um that that god intended for us and sanctification is this process of 
of as we follow Jesus becoming more truly and fully human in in the image of you know in in the image of Jesus and um and the other thing that I really loved that Brandon picked up on was then just the limitations of this humanity that um in living this distinctive and and holy truly human way of life it we sort of have to acknowledge the the deliberate choices that have to be made and the limitations that we have to put on our humanity to be able to to live that way and so now we we get to week four which is the last last week in this series and we we sort of move on to the last section of the letter and i've sort of lumped quite a lot together and um it's, it's sort of the end of chapter four and then all of chapter five and um what I what I thought I'd do, I'm just going to share my screen here. Uh, give me one second. So here is. Um, can I have a nod if anybody can see that? Uh, I'm not the the best Zoom user. So um, the here's here's on the screen that the section the the second half of chapter four and then all of all of chapter five, and the way that I have um, sort of thought about it as I've read it is um sort of broken into five uh four sections so there's the the start of this this bit here that paul talks about jesus returning and then he goes on and this was a bit sarah beth read at the start of the service he 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 goes on to this um section about being awake or asleep being in the light or being in darkness and then from there he he talks about this it's back to this urging of like how to live and to live a, a distinctive life and then there's this sort of final prayer and sort of wrap up and in, encouragement so what i thought i would do is just sort of um trot through each section briefly um just to give a few reflections of my own but also then hopefully as uh encouragement or inspiration for us all just to go and and read read the section ourselves um sometime this week and, and just reflect on it um ourselves um but before we um before we sort of dive into those uh different sections i, I wanted to um sort of start with a, a personal reflection and um you know ruth and i uh, and the kids we moved to to new york in the summer of 2014 we were living in philadelphia and we we sort of moved up and um, life was, we, we love life in New York, but it's also fair to say that it was pretty full on. Um, and we had, uh, we had busy jobs. We had a lot going on in, in the community. And obviously with three young kids, um, it, was, it, was really, it was really intense. And then um, last year, the pandemic hits and we accidentally find ourselves sort of winding up in in rural England and it was like this um shock wave sort of runs through our life and sort of um firstly grinds everything to a halt um but then secondly it created a perspective it started to give us a perspective and an ability to reflect on how we were living in New York and um and what whether that was a way that we we really wanted wanted to live and um just to share a few of the reflections that i've i've had in this process of of sort of being pulled out of that situation was 
Uh, and I'm, I'm going to give you some of the more, um, you know, there's a lot of different reflections that, that, that I've had, but some of the, the harder ones, I think, for, for me particularly to, to confront were ones around um, feeling like we were living in a way that wasn't sustainable. And, um, and then also then having, you know, with, with busy jobs and commutes and things, and then this desire to, to want to be available for the kids as they get into, as they get a bit older and start to get into teenage years, which is, which is terrifying, but um, wanting to be available and having the realization that maybe I wasn't as available to them uh, as I wanted to be um, because of the, the pace of life and the busyness and the, and the different things I was you know, getting caught up with. And then this just desire to be more present um, instead of rushing and, and, um, and whatever, just being more to be slower and, and to be more present in people's lives. And so I, I found myself as, as I've been in this sort of rural England um, environment, just coming to those conclusions and then starting to reimagine when we come back to New York, how can we live as a family and me as an individual how can we live in a way that means i'm more available to my kids how can i live in a way that is more available and present for the people around me rather than rushed and and whatever and and how can i how can we live in a way that's more sustainable and um i'm going to come back to this in a minute because i i think that I kind of feel like and there's a certain way in which Paul is is doing a similar sort of reflective thing for us. So so hold the thought and we'll we'll sort of start working working through the passage. But the, the question I guess that I had in all of these reflections is why did it take a global pandemic and a moving continents for me to come to these conclusions? Why why was I not able in the life, in the day-to-day -day life, why was I not able to, to be able to, to come to some of these conclusions and make some changes whilst being in that environment. And I guess the question for you all is, have you had a similar experience? Um, often it, maybe it could have been the pandemic. I know for a lot of, for a lot of us, we, it was like a mass revisiting of priorities uh, that sort of ensued in the, in the pandemic, or maybe it, it, it's a health situation or the loss of a loved one or, you know, we, we can, most of us will probably be at a point to a, a moment or a few moments in life that creates this shockwave or this jolt where we, we suddenly reflect on life uh, in a different way to, to we were in the, than we were able to do in just the day to day. So I'd encourage you just for a moment, just to think of if you have a, a sort of equivalent to my sort of pandemic rural <laughs> shift and, and, what conclusions did you come to in that moment, whatever it was, about how you wanted to to live your life and what was important in life? So see if you can um, think of that for a second and then and then hold it in your mind because uh, we'll we'll come back to it. So I'm going to uh, go back to now the the passage here and uh, get us get us back on um, these the sections, right? So I wanna start, I'm just gonna make, again, it's gonna be brief, nobody panic, four sections, it's not gonna be like 20 minutes on each, but just a few brief comments on each each section of this this passage, right? So let me read, um, let me read the first bit uh, of what he says. 
It says, brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be uninformed about how those who sleep in death, uh, we do not want you to be un uninformed about those who sleep in death so that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again and so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. According to the Lord's word, we tell you that we who are still alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. Um, so that, that's the first section. And part of me was tempted just to like not to sort of nix this bit and just move on to chapter five. But I thought, OK, no, I better better just keep it in there and and a, a couple of um just comments that and, and firstly the context in which Paul's writing it it's interesting that uh it's hard for us to imagine thousands of years later that uh because things are so ingrained so many people have died uh that we know um but in in the original Thessalonican community um Paul was quite recently with them and in that community faced a lot of persecution and severe suffering and some people who had begun to believe and trust in Jesus then started to die. And the big question was like, what happens? Uh, what happens to these people? And so Paul's writing into that context and trying to reassure the community that those people aren't in some way uh, left behind or forgotten, that they will still they still have uh, the hope of, of Jesus coming back. Um, and, and the second thing was um, that 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 I think is is really important as we get on to to some of the later bit of this this section is just how Paul really was at, at pains as he is across this whole letter to reassure them that that Jesus was coming again and um, whether people had died and passed away or whether they were still alive Jesus was was coming for for everyone and and this being just the 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 foundation of of hope in Jesus and, and obviously he references those um, those of no hope who, who don't have to cling on to the resurrection of of Jesus and then um, the, the third bit was Paul uses this language um, and and you know there's been like a you know whether we have been in the church for years whether we consider ourselves a Christian or not um, we've all seen movies or read things or experienced different hypotheses about the end times. And, um, you know, Paul, there's this section in here that says, uh, we who are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And um, I'm not, uh, I'm not here to profess any understanding about how the end, end times will unfold. But I, I did also just want to sort of call out a little bit of context um that paul is using words there that conjure up the same image of what would happen when a, a, a town was going to greet a, an incoming person of nobility or royalty or a, a, a an army coming back from victory 
and um the the i the idea is that you send out this sort of greeting party and they go out part of the way to meet the person coming and then they sort of bring them back to their sort of town or city or whatever and so this this image or the words that paul's using is not that everybody sort of goes up and drifts off into the sky and goes somewhere else but that um the the image is people going out to to greet uh, the returning jesus and and him coming back to earth to sort of complete the last bit of the restoration of 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 humanity and i think that's a really helpful image as we get on to the next section because um it, it just conjures up this this image of jesus coming back for those who have died and and those that are still alive jesus coming back to his creation not going somewhere else and jesus coming back to make things new and to make things right um and on this earth and that is the hope that paul bases uh the rest of 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 his words and, and what we'll read in a minute and and that's a, a compelling hope for us that whatever we're facing whatever trials or or, or struggles um that, that we face as a community or as individuals or the other people that we know are facing um that the hope that jesus will come back and make things right is just so central uh, and and immediate to what what paul was was thinking so i'm going to go back to uh the next section here so um i share it so the next section was this um this section which sarah beth read at uh, the start um about being awake or asleep so let, let me read it again now brothers and sisters about times and dates we do not need to write to you for you know very well that the day of the lord will come like a thief in the night while people are saying peace and safety destruction will come on them suddenly as labor pains on a pregnant woman and they will not escape but you brothers and sisters are not in darkness so that this day should surprise you like a thief you are all children of the light and children of the day we do not belong to the night or the darkness so then let us not be like others who are asleep but let us be awake and sober for those who sleep sleep at night and those who get drunk get drunk at night but the but since we belong to the day let us be sober putting on faith and love as a breastplate and the hope of salvation as a helmet for god did not appoint us to suffer wrath but to receive salvation through our lord jesus christ he died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep we may live together with him therefore encourage one another and build each other up just as in fact you are doing um so my um my couple of sort of reflections then on on this um bit of the passage is now that paul sort of established this sort of central hope of jesus coming back and coming to restore um paul then gets into this analogy of being awake and asleep uh, being in light or being in darkness and um and he, he uses this phrase and I'll, I'll read it again he uses the phrase um where is the phrase can't find it but he <laughs> he uses this language of peace and safety um 
uh, here we go. It says in verse three of chapter five, while people are saying peace and safety, destruction will come to them suddenly as labor pains on a pregnant woman and they will not escape. And so he uses his words of, of peace and safety, which, uh, so who's saying that? Because uh, he says people will say peace and safety. And he's, he's referencing uh, essentially, I guess you could call it Roman, Roman propaganda, the whole military Roman empire uh, was based off these um, these doctrines of peace and and safety, uh, and that was the way of Caesar. That the empire of Caesar would bring peace and safety if only you got in line and and sort of um, bought into what the Roman Empire was doing. But of course, um, underneath it wasn't peace and safety for everybody. It was military conquest and suffering and persecution. And if you don't get in line, uh, then you get put down and, and servitude and so it was really peace and safety for a very small group and it was oppression and, and horror and death for for everybody else and so Paul's sort of tackling that uh propaganda or um worldview that people would have been hearing of the day uh and and saying don't buy into that because um you can you can sort of get get sucked in I guess to that way of thinking but um but just like a thief comes in the night, um, if your 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 life is built on that um, worldview, then uh, it can it can sort of change on a dime, I guess. And so there's this sort of propaganda and this political backdrop that Paul, I think, is alluding to by using Roman Roman language. And then he's yeah, he's saying, don't follow this way. If you if you proclaim Jesus as King, um, it's going to lead to a, a different a different way of living and so that's th this this image of being awake or asleep um and obviously ask a question of ourselves um and this is where i sort of tie it into um the story i was telling about my own journey with with the the covid pandemic uh where i i almost in a way maybe it's over dramatizing it but but the pandemic and this move shook shook me into being awake almost if you know what I mean like you see things slightly differently um and uh I feel like Paul in a way is sort of shaking us to 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 be awake in the same way so that we can reflect on how we're living maybe slightly differently and so the next section uh if I just go back to sharing is um is this section about I, I guess, again, Paul imploring us about how to live. Uh, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read that to you. He says, um, now we ask you, brothers and sisters, to acknowledge those who work hard among you, who care for you in the Lord and who admonish you. Hold them in the highest regard in love because of their work. Live in peace with each other. And we urge you, brothers and sisters, warn those who are idle and disruptive, encourage the disheartened, help the weak, be patient with everybody. Make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong, but always strive to do what is good for each other and for everyone else. Always rejoice, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Um, and this is in some ways, this is my, this is my favorite part of this, um, 
set this sort of section that we're reading together because Paul sort of lists out again and he sort of did it earlier and 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 um Eric and Brandon both talked a little bit about sections of this letter that that again implored the the church about how to live and and he's done it again at the very end and it's listing out these characteristics um of of what it what it looks like to live when Jesus is is king um and um the this part sort of brings together the different parts of the letter the connection that paul brings between the hope of jesus returning to make all things right but then the life that should reflect that hope uh, and the characteristics of it um that we that we have up uh, on the screen and um because of that hope that jesus is coming back let us now begin to be crafted into that image um, of humanity that Jesus models for us. And um, so the, I just wanna sort of go back again to the enforced slowdown that, that, that I've had in, in COVID and, and that shaking my ability to think about priorities and reorder the rhythms and routines of life as a result. Again, it, it feels like Paul is doing that here like to to shake us up to like are we gonna continue are you the thessalonican church gonna listen to the peace and security propaganda of the the roman empire or are you going to live in the hope uh of jesus coming again that will look like living in a certain way and and that 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 same challenge i think uh is is there for us uh today are we are we going to take on the um, those characteristics that he, he lists out and, and how how can we do that? And are we able to wake up and reflect um, on how we're living today and 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 how do we sort of become more in line with the humanity that that um, reflects that that hope of Jesus? And so the last, um, so I think that's a, a real challenge for us to take from this passage. Um, and the last bit of this, just to then wrap it up, of, uh, of this section is the final prayer and encouragement that sort of brings it, brings it all together. And um, it says, uh, or Paul says at the end, may God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through may your whole spirit soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our lord jesus christ the one who calls you is faithful and he will do it and um i feel like that again connects in with what eric had spoken about a couple of weeks ago this this longing um but also this 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 assertion that it's going to be okay we're going to make it and I, I love the way that paul ends the letter just again with this this assertion it's going to be okay because this work of becoming more fully human this work of reflecting the hope and the love and the goodness of jesus in this world as as imperfect as as we are at, at doing that that um at the end of it it's it's going to be okay that we will um the one who calls us is faithful and that, that he will make all things right. 
And that's such a, I think, a, an encouragement, particularly in these really turbulent times with so much uncertainty. Um, so I wanna um, encourage, you know, hopefully we take encouragement from, from this. And I, I just wanna encourage you to, to be reflective. May we all be reflective on, on how our lives are taking shape, what priorities they are taking shape around and ask that question, um, Let's not wait for a pandemic or a crisis or, a, or whatever to be able to reflect and say, um, are our lives based around proclaiming Jesus as king and the hope of the resurrection and the hope that he will make all things right? Does the way that we live reflect that? Um, and how can we allow ourselves to make, be more grafted into this image of humanity and to be encouraged that, that Jesus will come again and the one who calls us is faithful and, and will make all things right. So let's uh, take that, I guess, that challenge and that encouragement into the week. Uh, let, me, let me pray to finish. Dear Jesus, we uh, thank you for a chance to read this uh, ancient letter that Paul penned to this fledgling church in Thessalonica and thank you just for the different perspectives we've heard over the last few weeks and um we we just want to we want to take on board Paul's words that feel in some ways so relevant and so challenging and so encouraging for us even today and pray that we would um we would be able to 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 be in the light to be able to order our lives and our priorities around the hope uh, of Jesus and around the, the vision of humanity that you give us. So pray that you'd fill us with, the, with your Holy Spirit, that you would enable us and equip us to do that. Uh, in Jesus' name, amen. <laughs>